want you to turn with me to John chapter 6, and I want you to flip over your announcements, because on the other side, they are notes, and if somebody could bring me up a note as well, I would appreciate it. And today, what we are going to talk about is, what are you feeding on? Everybody say that with me. One, two, three. What are you feeding on? Look at your neighbor and say, what you eating, man? Look at your other neighbor and say, man, you been eating ibaritos? What you eating? You smell like you've been eating that stuff. Now, I want you all to pay attention today because Jesus is going to tell us what we should be feeding on. This bread that's up here is going to be making sense in a few seconds, so you all going to feel it. But before we do, I want you all to look up and see the definitions of what we're going to be reading in today's story. We're going to be reading over 20 verses, so you're going to have to have a lot of attention. And you have to really get into this. And I'm happy to see everybody here. Everyone look at me and smile and go like this. Oh, you know why? Because I love you so much, Tito. See? Oh, I love everybody here. I wish I could just hug you all all day long. Seriously, man. I'm so glad you're here. And today, pay attention because I really feel God is going to bless you. Here's some definitions of the story you're about ready to read. Number one, you're going to learn about Jews. And when we think about Jewish people, I want you to know what those people are. They're born from Jacob's descent, and that's a character, a real person in the Bible. And they're followers of the law of Moses and the tradition of the elders. Jews are good people. Jesus was a Jew. But the problems that Jews were having with Jesus is that they were following more the traditions of the elders than they were following the Bible. You're going to start seeing that the people in this uh, story are Jews and Jesus, and the Jews are really upset with Jesus. And the main reason is, is because Jesus is messing with their tradition. See, a lot of people in, in our American society think church, tradition, religion is what Jesus wants. And that is not what Jesus wants. I have a saying, to hell with religion. People tell me all the time, I'm not religious. Neither am I. But you're a pastor. So what? I am not religious. I do not follow traditions. I do not dress up like mother and have you all call me father. Hello? Oh, you all get quiet when I talk like that? I, I, I don't become celibate because somebody says be celibate. Are you, are you all with me? We don't pray to his mother, his brother, his sister, and everybody else from Guadalupe because he never told us to. Hello? Oh, y'all going to get quiet on me. Somebody say, preach it. I haven't even got to the word. I'm just giving you all definitions. What y'all going to see is that the Jewish people had all these traditions, and Jesus is like, no, 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 no. It ain't about that. It's about this, and you're going to find out what this is. But manna is the next thing. Manna was that special thing that God gave the people of Israel, the Jewish people, when they left Egypt. How many ever saw Prince of Egypt, a little cartoon? Anybody ever know about uh, the Jews and Pharaoh in Egypt and that special guy named Moses? Everybody say Moses. As some people like to say, Moises. Okay? But that story was true. And when they were hungry in the desert, you know what God gave them to eat? Everybody say manna. It came right after the dew, and it was like flakes, and you could make bread out of that. Everybody say manna. Next thing that you're going to learn is the bread of life, and Jesus calls himself the bread of life. Everybody go, uh-huh. Now you're going to start figuring it out. Yeah, uh-huh, bread of life. Jesus says, I'm the bread of life in this story a bunch of times. And everybody say, believe. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to have faith. Say it like you mean it. you got to have faith. There you go. you got to have faith. Throughout this story, you're going to be learning about faith. So the Jews and Jesus are going to be having a conversation. There's going to be talk about manna, bread of life, and some faith. Somebody say, aye. Now let's read the story. Verse 25 of John chapter 6. 
When they found him, talking about Jesus, on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? You remember last week Jesus walked on water? The other people were like, how did Jesus get to the other side of the lake? That's because the man walked on water. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him, God the Father has placed a seal of approval. So you know why they were coming? Because Jesus had just fed them a whole bunch of food. Remember the feeding of the 5,000? Those of you new here, we're going through the book of John verse by verse. So you all can catch up on our website, metropraise.org. But right here, Jesus gets off the boat. He had crossed over by walking on it. People find him like, Jesus, when did you get here? And he just bypasses that whole thing. He says, y'all coming after me, not because I can do miracles, but because I just fed you. You come into welfare, Jesus. Somebody say, welfare, Jesus. That's all they want. See, a lot of people come to Jesus just for a handout. They're like, Jesus, bless my family. Then Jesus blesses their family, and they go out and baka baka all night in the clubs. Are you with me? People say, oh, Jesus, bless my mind so I can get good grades on this test. But then the moment you walk out your class, you're slapping somebody upside the head representing the game. You see, or you say, God, give me an ability to play a sport. And then once you can go to college and play sports, you forget about Jesus. You've got to put your mind on this. You can't come to Jesus. This is what he gives you. You've got to come to Jesus for what you give him. It's about you laying down your life for the man. Somebody say, no welfare, Jesus. He will bless you, but come to give him your life. It's not about what he gives me. I gave him my life. That's where it's at. Verse 28. Then he asked them. Uh, they asked him, the Jews talking now, said, what must we do to do the works God requires? So what do we got to do to be good? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So right there they say, Jesus, what do we got to do to be good? Jesus said, believe in the one God sent. Look at verse 30. So they asked, what miraculous sign then will you give us so that we may believe you? What will you do? Our forefathers ate the, they ate the, Everybody say it. They ate the manna. Thank you. In the desert, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So the Jewish people right now are checking Jesus. They're like, really, if you who you say you are and we're supposed to worship you, we're supposed to love you. Give us a sign. They said, we follow Moses and all these traditions because when Moses wanted to prove himself to Israel, he gave him a sign and God put manna on the ground. Now, first of all, you ain't talking to one of the boys. Jesus is the boss. Somebody say the boss. Jesus don't have to approve you and me anything. A lot of people today always say, I want Jesus to prove himself to me. Jesus, if you're real, flip over this piece of paper. Oh, Jesus, if you're real, help my mom get a job. Listen to me. Jesus created this planet, scientists 6,000 years later, still can't figure it out. And their best guess is you came from a monkey. Man, listen to me. You don't got to have to improve anything more other than the breath you're breathing in your lungs and the fact that you're your mind is working. Hello. Your brain is the most complicated organism on the planet. This, the ability to talk and to think and to create what human beings do. The most complex computer can't even come close. Nassau's computer does not even compare to the brain inside your mind. And God created you. The proof is that God is real is that you're here today. Oh, hallelujah. you got to think about that. They're trying to convince you you came from a monkey that was once a, once a reptile that was once a single cell amoeba baloney. You can put a rock right here and have water rain on it for a billion years, ten billion years. Guess what it still is? A rock. You were created in the image of God. That's why God is here. That's why you're here, and that's why you should be hooking up with God. Somebody say he's the boss. 
But he's so nice. I know what I love about Jesus is that he's going to work with us. Somebody say he's going to work with us. So I need you all to help me. My voice is a little hoarse, so you got to help me preach. Somebody say he's going to work with us. You see, we all need a little help every now and then believing. So, so he ain't going to just rebuke us and just say, I'm God. You just went to hell. Don't ever question me again, boy. Or just like send down lightning. He could have did that. But he listened to him. He said, okay, y'all want something like what Moses gave you? Okay, look at verse 32. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven. Everybody say bread from heaven. But it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Oh, we learn in son. They said, sir, from now on, give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Somebody say, Jesus is the bread of life. Oh, he just flipped it on them right there. They're like, show us something. He's like, I'm going to show you some bread like Moses gave you manna. You really want to see it? And they say like, yeah, I want to see it. And Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. You got to come to me. You can't just come to Moses. You can't just believe in Ten Commandments. You got to come to me. Now that man right there was either the Lord or he was a liar and a lunatic needing to be put up in an insane asylum. Are you listening? That'd be like me saying to you, I'm the bread of life. You got to munch on me to get to heaven. Y'all be looking at me crazy like you're looking at me right now. Like what? We ain't no cannibal. We're not going to eat Joe. But Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. Hello. Verse 36. But as I told you, you have seen me and still you don't believe. See, a lot of people think if they saw Jesus, they would believe Jesus looking right at them. Says, y'all don't even believe me. I'm telling you all this, but you don't believe me. He had just fed 5,000 people out of five loaves and two fishes. They still don't believe him. He had gotten one from one side of a lake to another without a boat, and they still didn't believe him. Walking on water. Look at verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he's given me. Somebody say, Jesus ain't losing anybody. Bible says everybody that comes to him, he's bringing them with them to heaven. The devil can't stop you from going to heaven. If you want to be a Christian, drugs, alcohol, your crazy family, anything you face on the streets can't stop you from going to heaven. Are you with me? I used to do drugs. I used to be a thug. But now I love Jesus and I give everybody hugs. A little rhyme for y'all. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you that's so true because a lot of people say, it's so hard <laughs> being a Christian. It's so hard. You know, and dudes are like, oh, man, it's so hard, Pastor. I don't, I don't think I can be a celibate, man. I don't think I can wait having sex till I'm married, man. It's so hard. Let me tell you, it ain't hard. You get hooked on Jesus. You get high on the Most High. You let the Holy Spirit fill you up. And 12 years will pass by like a blink of an eye, and you'll have yourself a wife and a family. Hello? You got to put your focus on Jesus. The devil's not stronger than God. You think drug dealers are stronger than God? You think academics and professors are stronger than God? You think Bill Gates and dollars and cents and gold are stronger than God? Y'all can live for Jesus. Somebody say, I can live for Jesus. Amen. Look at verse 40. God's going to help you. Verse 40. For my Father's will. Look what the Father wants. Verse 40. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and what? Who looks to the Son and what? Everybody say like you're up tonight. And looks to the Son and... Now, y'all ain't saying it like you crazy. I need you to say like you crazy. Who looks to the sun and 
There you go. In him shall have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. So what do you got to do? You got to look to the son and what? Believe. Here it is. It's so simple. It's so simple. People miss it. They don't understand how simple Jesus Christ made salvation. He just said, look to me and believe and you will have eternal life. Everybody in here today, you can look to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you. I want eternal life. Save me and nothing can stop you. That's what God wants. My father wants everyone to look to the son. That's what Jesus said. Now look at verse 41. You think right cheer, everybody would be happy. Somebody say right cheer. You would think right cheer, everybody would be like, all right, Jesus, we're going to be happy. We're going to look to you. We're going to believe and we're going to be disciples. But at that time, Jews began to grumble about him. Grumble, grumble, grumble about him because he said, why were they grumbling? Because he said, I'm the bread of life that came down from heaven. They said, this is Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know. How can he say he came down from heaven? The Jews are like, man, look, I know your mom and your dad, son. How are you telling us you came from heaven? I watched Mary get pregnant. I watched Mary have a baby. I watched you pooping in your diapers. How are you going to grow up now and tell us you're the son of God? How many people would think that would be a good question? Right? you looking at Jesus Christ. You were his uncle. You were his godparent. And now he's telling you he's the bread of life. you got to believe in him. you got to worship him. And you looking at him going, don't I know you? Did I watch you as a child? But you see, what they didn't understand is that the spirit of Jesus Christ was in heaven before his body was ever born. You see, Dito Jesus was not born 2,000 years ago. That's just when his spirit took a body. Jesus Christ is the second person of the Trinity. He has no beginning and end. He is the beginning and end of all things. He encompasses time. He's the creator. He just decided to step down and to hang out with y'all for a little bit. But when he just came, that wasn't where he was at the very first. If I come knock on your door today. That doesn't mean when I walk in your house I just got created. Jesus Christ have been on earth, have been around things, but he said I got to come down and be with them to die for them. And he says y'all got to believe that. That's salvation. Believing that God the Son came down as a man. He humbled himself young people. Look at me now. He humbled himself. He walked on streets of gold in heaven. He was with the Father in heaven, but he came down to walk on streets of dirt and dust. Why? So that he could be our bread, so that he could be our salvation. We're going to get to the cross in a minute, but he's talking right now to these people, and they're grumbling. I want to warn you all, don't grumble against Christ. Take him at his word, because he was more than just a man. He was the God-man, and when they did kill him, he went down to the grave and whooped the devil, and on the third day rose from the dead, and he told his boys, I'll be back, and then went to heaven, and that's why we cheer right now, waiting for him to come back. And this time, Dito Jesus is not coming like a little baby in a manger. The Bible says he's riding on a horse as a conquering king, battle of Armageddon, and reclaiming this earth. Amen. Can you say amen? I'm preaching even though I'm hoarse. Somebody say, preacher, preacher. The Jews began to grumble, talk about, oh, we know Jesus. Look at all these scriptures. We just started. Somebody say it's the introduction. It's the, we just getting started. Look at verse 43. I love Jesus. He don't play with them. He says, stop grumbling among yourselves. 
No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up at the last day. That's what we're waiting for is that last day. We still got some days left, but one day is going to be the last day. Y'all be ready for that. Verse 45, it is written in the prophets. Jesus starts quoting the Bible now. They will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the Father and learns from Him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one who's from God. See, now he gets deep. He's like, man, I was with God before I ever took on this body. Only he has seen the Father. I tell you the truth. He who believes has everlasting life. Verse 48, I am the bread of life. Your forefathers ate manna in the desert, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven. Where was Jesus before he came? here? Well, y'all got to get excited. Where was Jesus before he came here? What's that man talking about? Where did he come from? Heaven. Now that, you got to stop right there. Either he was the Lord. He was who he said he was or he was a liar and a lunatic. You can't say he was just a good God. I love talking to Muslims. God bless them, but I want you all to listen to me. They say Jesus was just a prophet. He wasn't the son of God. Well, listen to me. He was one lying, crazy, messed up prophet then. He told us he came from heaven before he was ever born. Now, that makes him a liar, and I don't want to follow no lying prophet. How y'all with me? If he wasn't God in the flesh, and why is he telling us all these fairy tales? That'd be like me coming to you today. Hello, boys and girls. I was just with little Tinkerbell up in Never Never Land. And if you come up here and nibble off my fingers, you get to go to Never Never Land with me too. Would y'all be like, yeah, my pastor's a good man. He's a good guy. No, you'd be like, Pastor Loco, he's crazy. And some of y'all are still saying that, but I ain't just crazy for Jesus. Hello? Come on, I'd rather be a fool for Jesus. Somebody else is fool. Whose fool are you? Woo, whose fool are you? I'm a fool for Jesus. Then let me be there. Hello? But I want y'all to see the Jews were missing it because they couldn't understand that we have spirits and souls and that God could come down as a man in the flesh. And he's talking to them. He's trying to help them understand because he loves them. He doesn't want them to get messed up. And look at verse 51. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. See, now they ain't even just going to grumble. See, at first they were grumbling because he said he came from heaven. But now... He's saying, you got to eat me. And right here, he, they're getting upset. They're getting angry like, man, you eat you. I ain't going to eat you. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Verse 52, that's in the Bible. How can he do that? Now look what Jesus said to him. I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Hello? Some of y'all getting the idea right here. That's what we're talking about, communion. Somebody say communion. But it's even deeper than communion because, you see, we ain't saying that that's his flesh. We, we ain't even saying that I'm going to be a cannibal in a little bit and eat Jesus. But what we are saying that real food is, is because he died on the cross, his spirit's in my life. And his real flesh and his real blood forgive my sins. And the words that he speaks, the Bible says his words become nourishment to my soul. Are you listening? His real flesh and his real blood is symbolized in communion, but it's really his spirit and his word. Are you with me? The flesh is his word and the blood is his spirit. I want you all to get that. You see, we, we don't become cannibals even at communion. Some good people say, well, when we eat this communion, we eat in Jesus. No, 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 no. He's talking to you figuratively, but he's saying it's so real, though. 
You see, the moment I got saved, I didn't take communion, but I started eating on the Word of God, and my spirit became alive. And then God's Holy Spirit, like blood, washed my dirty heart clean. Are you with me? You see, when Jesus Christ comes into your life, you have the bread of heaven on the inside of you. And then when you take communion, you remember that the bread of life came from heaven, died for your sins so that He could be on the inside of you. And you hold up that cup, and you hold up that bread, and you say, thank you, Jesus, because you're in me today and it's real somebody say it's real and he says whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and i am him jesus or just as the living father sent me i live because of the father so the one who feeds on me will live because of me the question is what are you feeding on oh yes see now we're going to start making it personal here in just a few moments but i got to pause and ask you that question jesus said if you feed on me you have eternal life. My question is, what are you feeding on? Look at verse 58. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your fathers ate manna and died, but he who feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Here are the highlights right here. Jesus said, do the work of God. What's the work of God? Everybody say, believe. He then talked about the bread of life. Who's the bread of life? Jesus, he talked about unbelief, that's doubting, not having faith. And he says, the Father has to draw you. Answer your questions. Number one. Describe what a Jew is, somebody who follows the Old Testament law and, tra- and, and traditions of the elders. What is manna number two? It's what God gave the people of Israel. Write down your papers. Don't, don't you all look at me unless you got it. What is manna? It's what came down out of heaven in the desert when Moses was there. Number three, how was Jesus the bread of life? He came from heaven to die for us so that our souls could be fed and nourished. What does it mean to believe in Jesus? To put your full trust and assurance in who he is and what he did. Why do you think the Jews did not believe in Jesus? Why I think they didn't is because they thought they could get to heaven another way. And they thought that they didn't need Jesus, but they needed him. Now, number six is the question where we are right now. What are you feeding your soul? Jesus said to them, you got to eat me. You got to come to me. You got to eat my flesh. You've got to drink my blood. Jesus said, you got to get down with what I'm down with. I want to ask you a question. What are you eating right now? You know, we understand this principle physically. Physically, we understand you are what you eat. You eat this junk food, your body begins to expand. Your heart begins to get clogged. You begin to become unhealthy. Your cholesterol, all of that. All of you young people are not as young as you once were. And you're starting to realize that if you keep eating like the way you were eating when you were 9 and 10, you're going to keep getting a bigger and bigger belly. Hello? But if you start eating healthy and start exercising, it makes all the difference. And so now I want you to apply that spiritually. What are you eating spiritually? What are you feeding your mind every day? Do you put in Daddy Yankee and 50 Cent and all this junk on the radio? Is that what you feed your mind? What do you feed your spirit? Do you feed your spirit lust and and, and, and greed and, and all of these things the world gives you? Or are you coming to Jesus? You see, it makes all the difference. Here you have a picture of, you know, uh, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and this is what she looks like normally, but this is what she may look like if she was obese. Now I want you to ask yourself, are you spiritually healthy? How are you right now? Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. You've got to come to me and eat what I'm giving. You see, I want you to ask yourself this question. What are you feeding on? You see, when Jesus used the example of bread, and he said, I am the bread of life, 
Do you know some facts about bread? Bread is one of the oldest types of food ever around. So Jesus was saying, I've always been around. I've always been there. Bread has always been around. As long as there's been people, there's been bread. Another thing that he was talking about is that bread is very nutritious because you can put a whole lot of stuff in bread. You can put proteins like like nuts in bread. You can put fruit and vegetables in bread and have your vitamins. Jesus is saying, I'm all that you need. Another thing interesting about bread is that you can live a healthy life just eating different types of bread. Now, we know that there's sugary bread like donuts. We know that there's a lot of fried bread like tortillas. It would be like Jesus saying, I am the tortilla of life. I am the bread of life. Right? But is your bread healthy? And what Jesus is saying, I am all of this. He says, I'm the thing that's always been around. He says, I'm all the nutrients that you need. And he's saying, you can live spiritually off me. Now, the question is, are you coming to Jesus to feed your soul? Or are you going to your friends? You see, you might say, well, my friends aren't that bad, Pastor. My friends don't do drugs. My friends aren't really bad. We go to school. We play sports. But what are you feeding on? See, somewhere in your soul, you're eating something. Maybe you're just eating your friendship with your friends. But you know what? One day that friendship will end. One day you will die physically. And your soul will go to heaven. And you're going to look all obese and fat. And Jesus is going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. You know why Jesus sends people to hell? Because their souls never ate the bread of life. You could just say, all I did was hang out with my friends. Well, that's the problem. That's all you did. You might say, well, I get my education, Pastor. I'm really smart. I go to school. Well, all you're doing is eating education. And when Jesus Christ looks at your soul, you may not be obese. You may look malnourished. And Jesus Christ looks at you and says, who are you, you little anorexic thing? Depart from me, I never knew you. You said Jesus is going to be like that? Yeah, Jesus Christ is going to be like that. He told you you've got to eat of him or you ain't going to have eternal life. You've got to come to what he's offering or you can't get it anywhere else. You can't go to Buddha and say, give me some bread. You can't go to Muhammad and say, give me some bread. You can't go to the most educated person you know on this earth and say, give me some bread. The Bible says that this earth is a drought and a deserted place. And if you look for bread outside of Jesus Christ, you will starve. And you will die on the inside. And what you think is not a big deal becomes a big deal. And you know what? how anorexic people think? They look at themselves and they still feel fat and all that. You'll think you're okay and you'll think you got to, you know, you think, you, you think that's the answer. And you will do it till you die. But Jesus Christ says, I got all that you need. Ask your neighbor, what are you feeding on? Don't be mumbling. Ask your neighbor, what are you feeding on, man? Now, I want you to think about this. Every bread, every bread and every food that you and I eat has a list of ingredients It has a list of things that are in it. I want you to look up here and look at the list of ingredients that are in Jesus Christ. Meaning, when I come to this bread and I eat it, oh, there's some wheat in here. Oh, there's some vitamins in here. When I eat that bread, I get it. Are you with me? When you come to Jesus Christ and you accept him, you just say, I believe in you. You get all of this. The Bible says he is our advocate. He is the lamb of God, the resurrection and the life. He is the shepherd and the bishop of souls. You can get excited anytime. He is the Lord of lords. He is the man of sorrows, the head of the church. He is our master. He is the faithful and true witness. He is the rock. He is the high priest. He is the door. He is the living water, the bread of life. He is the rose of Sharon, the alpha 
Alpha and Omega, the true vine, Messiah, teacher, holy one, mediator, the beloved branch, carpenter, good shepherd, light of the world, image of the invisible God, the word, chief cornerstone, savior, servant, author and finisher of our faith, the almighty, everlasting father. He is the prince of peace, the line of the tribe of Judah. He is the I am, the king of kings, the bridegroom, the only begotten son of God, wonderful counselor, Emmanuel, son of man, day spring, the amen, king of the Jews, prophet, redeemer, anchor, bright and morning star, the way, the truth, the life, Jesus Christ. That's the boss. That's the bread of life. That's the ingredients inside of Jesus Christ. You get everything you need. Do not turn and go to anybody else's buffet. Do not eat at anybody else's table. For your soul, for your spirit, come to Jesus Christ. You, you, you're old enough to come to Him. You might say, but I'm young. I'm going to wait till I'm older. You need to come right now. You know how to eat physically. You need to come eat spiritually. You need to come and get Jesus Christ in your life. Because there's nobody like Jesus. There's nobody that can do you like Jesus. There's nobody that can nourish your soul like Jesus. These titles are the only one, the only go to Jesus. And He loves you and I. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. That he sent his only begotten son. He said, here's the bread of life. He said, I cooked it up in heaven. Here's my son. For God so loved the world that he saw us starving. He saw the broken hearts from relationships. He saw the emptiness of money and the emptiness of education. God so loved the world that he sent us the bread of life. He sent us the son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He said you should not perish. You should not perish. Get that in your mind. You should not perish. So many people are perishing because they have not come to the one Jesus Christ sent. You need to get right with God if you're not right. You need to get right with Jesus Christ tonight, man, because he came for you and he is alive and he will come back one day. And he is looking for a church that's been feeding on him, that's been loving on him, that's been letting him be the faithful and true witness, letting him be the healer, letting him be the high priest. He's looking for people that love who he is and consume him every day. That's what Jesus Christ wants. Somebody say, Jesus is the bread of life. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 4. I'm so excited that you're here today. Because at the end of this service, we will be praying for you, and then we will be taking communion. Not that communion itself will save you. But if today you want to start taking in Jesus Christ, communion will help remind you of what you're doing. If you've always wondered, why do we take communion? The reason why you take communion It's to remind your physical body, to remind your physical body what's happening in your soul and your spirit. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And he took the bread and he took the wine. Today, you will take communion, those of you who are serious about God. And as you eat just this loaf of bread I brought up here, you will be reminded of his word and his promises and who he is. And as you drink the grape juice, you will know that his spirit that is like water, that is like wine, will come into you and refresh you. And you will get saved. If you call on his name, you will be saved today.
while you're taking communion. But if you don't want all that, you'll just be eating some bread and some grape juice. The rest of us who are saved, when you come and take this communion today, I've been saved 12 years, 13 years, November 5th, 1995. So I'm technically 12 and a half years old spiritually. How am I doing, y'all? Am I I growing up pretty good? I'm still just a little tween. I'm just a little teenager in God's eyes. I've been saved 12 years, but today as I take communion, I will be reminded of every day that he fills me up and overflows in my life. I will be reminded that Jesus Christ is my life. He's what I feed on. I picked out just a couple things from here. If I preached on all these things, we'd be here till next week. So I just went through some of the ingredients Some of the ingredients in Jesus Christ that make him who he is. And I want to talk to you about him. Look at Hebrews 4, 14. If you're there, can you say I'm there? Somebody say he's our high priest. Jesus Christ is the high priest. Verse 14, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. See, faith, belief, it's right there. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Some may say Jesus is the high priest. One of the ingredients that makes Jesus Christ so special that you today should come to him and take him in your life is that he's the only one that knows every temptation and every pain that you feel. The Bible says he is your priest. That's why you don't call me a priest. Pastor just means shepherd. I am here just to shepherd you and to help you. But the Bible says all of us little pastors have the one big shepherd pastor. That's Jesus. But there are no more priests. You know why? Because when Jesus Christ went to heaven, he sat down at the right hand of God's throne. And now all you and I have to do is talk to him. And he asked the Father to bless us through the Holy Spirit. I don't need to talk to his mother. I don't even need to talk to his best friend or his brothers. I can go right to Jesus and say, Jesus! This is what I need. I'm going through some hurts and pain. You're the only one that understands. And the Bible says I can approach the throne of grace with confidence so that I can receive mercy and grace in my time of need. Whenever you feel down in life, whenever you feel like there's nobody on your side, Whenever you face a problem, and no matter how good you think life is, we'll all face problems. If life continues on the way it's supposed to, you and I will bury our parents because they'll die first. On those days when pain comes, when hurt comes, you need to come and feed on Jesus. And one of the ingredients is he's your high priest. And so when you call out to him, he'll hear you and give you grace and mercy. It doesn't say he will be your Santa Claus and give you all that you put on a want list or every little wish list you have. No, the Bible says one thing he'll always give you is grace and mercy. And I want to tell you what I buried my sister. I've buried some, some people in my life that I love. And I'll tell you what, you could have given me a Lamborghini. You could have given me a Hummer. It wouldn't have took away the pain. The only thing I needed was his grace and his mercy and his love. And that's what's in him. 
That's what's in Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Turn with me to John chapter 10, verse 10, uh, 14. Somebody say he's the good shepherd. Let's say it like we're still excited. One, two, three. Good. Y'all lame. Say it like you're excited. One, two, three. Y'all ain't crazy enough for Jesus tonight. One, two, three. There y'all go. He is our good shepherd. When you come to Jesus Christ, you find somebody that will walk with you through every pain and trouble of your life, high times and low times. The way a shepherd was back in the day is a shepherd would have sheep, and those sheep was his job. He had no other job. He would sleep in the, uh, on the field with the sheep. He would get up and walk with the sheep. That's all he did, 24-7. He was with the sheep. That's it. Then somebody would come relieve him, and then somebody else would get outside, be with the sheep. Now when sheep would walk, they would go up mountains. On those mountains, the sheep would get scared. And then they would get up there, and they would be all alone and feel like nobody was with them, and the shepherd would have to sometimes get up and carry them because little sheep couldn't move over rocks. But then they would get down in valleys, and sometimes the valleys is where the animals that eat sheep would be. And they would get scared in the middle of those valleys at the darkest time of night. But God said that in those times, when we get scared, how a shepherd will be is how he'll be. The shepherd will put his rod next to those sheep, and he will sleep there with them and let them know if any mountain lion, anything comes in the middle of night in this dark valley, his rod and staff will comfort and protect them. Jesus Christ is that shepherd for you and I. You may get up in times in life where you're so afraid you don't know what to do. Jesus Christ will carry you. You may get down in valleys where you feel the enemy, the devil, is trying to come around you and to devour you. Jesus Christ says he'll wrap you in his arms and you will fear no evil. Look what Jesus said, John 10:14. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep knows me. Just as the father's know, father knows me, I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus Christ says, I'll die for you. We're not even talking about a hero here. We're not even just talking about somebody from the military. God bless them. We're talking about our God, our creator, said, I'll die for you. That would be like you making something out of clay saying, I'll die for that little, that little statue I made. That's like you dying for your little Pokemon. So I'll die for that. Jesus Christ humbled himself, cared so much about us, though we're just made of dust and water on this earth. Jesus Christ loved you and I so much. He said, I'll be your shepherd and I'll die for you. When you come to Jesus Christ, you receive a Savior, a shepherd that will never leave you nor forsake you. When was the last time your Ibarito told you that? When was the last time the music you listened to told you that? When was the last time even the closest person in your life said, I'll die for you and save your soul. My mother can't even do that for me. Only Jesus Christ. He is the bread of life. Would you stand with me to your feet today? Would you stand up with me as Josh comes? I want you to get this in your mind today. He's the bread of life. Isaiah chapter 9 is our last scripture. Turn there with me, please. What are the answers to the question? What are you feeding your soul? Number six, you got to answer that. Number uh, seven, give three facts about bread. Bread is one of the oldest food. Number two, it comes with all types of nutrients. Number three, you can live off of it. Number eight, list some of the ingredients of Jesus, the bread of life. You've just heard many today, Messiah, high priest, helper, 
counselor. How is Jesus a high priest? Why? Because he died for you. How is he a good shepherd? Because he lays down his life for you. Now list the ingredients of Isaiah 9. Here Isaiah 9 throws a whole bunch of ingredients, and I I can't even preach it like I should. I wish I could, but my voice is going out. It says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. This is something you would read at Christmas. And he he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. That's what we call him, Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and the peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom. Establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever. Everybody say forever. One, two, three. Amen. It says the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. I want to ask you a question tonight before we go. We will be taking communion. Let's get that ready up here today. What are you feeding on? What today are you feeding on? Because one day, this is going to be you. And Jesus Christ is going to look at your soul. And Jesus Christ is going to look at what you fed on in life. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes with me right now. Father God, we thank you that you brought us here today. We thank you, Lord that you sent your son, Jesus, to be the bread of our life. We thank you, Jesus, that today there is none like you to set those down. Jesus, we thank you that today, now you are the bread of life because of the cross. Every head bowed and eyes closed. What makes Jesus the bread of life that He gave His life for us. He said, my food is real food. Jesus Christ said it was real. That means today if you have real problems, He's going to give you a real answer. He's going to give you a real answer. Today, you need real salvation. That comes through Jesus. Every head bowed and eyes closed. I want to pray for two people today before we take communion. The first person I want to pray for is that one that came here today and you have not been feeding on Jesus. You need to come and believe in Him and be born again and start feeding on Him. It doesn't matter what other things you've been feeding on. It's all junk food to Him. You could say, well, I haven't been doing any real real bad stuff, you know. I'm okay. doesn't matter. You've been feeding on junk food. It's your friends. It's, It's your education. That stuff is spiritual junk food in the long run. You could be the smartest person in the world, but your soul one day will perish when you stand before God in judgment. Come to Jesus Christ, and you can still be smart, but your soul will be fed. Some of you would say, well, Pastor, I'm not one of those good people. I'm not one of the good people. I've done a lot of bad, and I don't know if Jesus really can forgive me. Maybe you're here today, and you've had an abortion. Maybe you're here today, and you've had sex. Maybe you've done drugs. Maybe you've gotten in fights. And you're thinking, well, I don't know if that can work for me. Every head bowed, eyes closed. I want to tell you something. Jesus can save you, too.
And it's not like it's too hard for him either. Jesus will save anybody and fill anybody's soul, just like how Billy said. Anybody can have it if they want it. When Billy saw Joey with it, he said, I want it. He was one of those good guys, but he wanted it. When Matt, one of those quote-unquote bad guys wanted it, he got it too. And everybody in between. First prayers for those that need to come to Jesus and be forgiven of sin and start a life over today. And you want to get spiritually healthy because you want to come to Jesus, the bread of life. If that's you, I want you to raise up your hands right now. Come on, just raise them up. Nobody's going to embarrass you. Nobody's going to call you out. Just raise up your hands. You know who you are. You may be a visitor. You may be a backslider. It doesn't matter. Just raise up your hands. Nobody's going to embarrass you. It's between you and Him. Hands going up all over this place. Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on, don't waste time today. If you're hungry and you know you're missing something in your life, it is Jesus. Raise up your hands. Now, Christians, I want you to pray with them today. We're all going to pray with you. Those of you who had your hands raised, listen to me. We are going to pray with you. But you've got to come and open up your mouth and eat it today. You've got to open up your heart and be serious. And if you are, you will be saved. You will be filled with God today. Everybody raise up their hands. Let's pray this prayer with them. Whether it's your first time or a hundredth time, God is coming. Everybody say this with me. Jesus. I come to you tonight because I believe in you. I don't doubt you. I know you came from heaven. And you came to this earth to die for me. I believe you went to the cross. And on that cross you took my sins. And when you died, you went into the grave. And you defeated the devil. And you took away his power. And when you raised on the third day, I believe you gave us eternal life. And today, I come to you, the bread of life. Fill me up. Hands raised, let them fill you up right now. Come on, Jesus. Come on, what do you need them to fill you up with? Come to them right now. Lay your life down at His feet. Come on, now you pray, you pray, you pray. Tell them what you need, Jesus, I need you. I need you. I need you. I want you. Come on, Jesus. Change my life. Change my family. Talk to them right now. Don't let anybody get don't let anybody get in your head and tell you it's stupid or you're gonna make fun of you. Just pray. Think about God right now. He's with you. He will fill you. Jesus, fill them up. Fill them up, Lord. Fill them up today. Jesus. Fill them up today. My last prayer is now for the Christians that have been loving God, been serving God. Now I just want you to raise up your hands to the bread of heaven. And I want you to tell the Lord what you need from Him. Because He still loves to fill up His children with good things. Come on, what do you need from God today? You've done the first part. You've already given Him your life. It may be six months. It may have been 12 years ago. It doesn't matter. But now He can fill you. He can fill you. I want you to get filled today. God wants to fill you with good things. All that you need is from the Lord. 
Come on, I'm going to pray for the Christians right now. God, I pray for those that now are living for you. And if you just ask the Lord into your heart, you can start right now. Come on. God, I pray for those that love you, God, that you fill them. God, some of them need strength and courage to keep living for you in their high school because people make fun of them. God, some of them need forgiveness because they feel so guilty. God, some of them need direction. God, it's all found in you today. Bread of heaven, fill us up today. Change our lives. Feed us with the things of heaven. Fill us till we need no more. Today, we thank you because I feel your presence here. I'm going to ask my leaders to come forward. This is what we're going to do. Just my adult leaders, Adolfo. Amen. Come on up here. Come right here. Where's Sue Ellen at? Okay, come right here, face in front. Josh, I'm going to need you to put down the guitar. I'm going to need you to help. This is one of our deacons in our church. He's a man of God. He's going to join you guys. This is what we're going to do tonight. We're going to do communion probably one of the most different ways you've ever seen. In a few moments, I'm going to start breaking this bread. And this is somewhat like how they did in Jesus' time. It wasn't little wafers. It was real bread that they would eat at meals. They were having a dinner. That's why it was called the Last Supper. We're going to break this bread, and I'm going to put it in these leaders' hands. And one at a time tonight, I want you to find a leader. So just row by row. And, David, I want you to help me do this just one row at a time. And if you want to be seated in just a moment, you can. And so I don't want you to leave no moving around until this is done. But I'm going to ask you just to come forward. Men, find a guy. Ladies, find a lady. And they're going to give you the communion. They're not going to feed you with it. Okay, they're not going to feed you. They're going to give it to you. But when these leaders give you the bread, they're going to also give you a word from Jesus. They're going to pray for you with some of those ingredients that we just learned about tonight. And they're going to start praying for you that God does some of those things in your life. That God begins to do something. I'm going to pray for them in just a moment because when they start praying for you, I want them to be able to encourage you tonight. And then you're going to take this bread and this cup and you're going to eat it yourself. Just feed yourself and just say, Jesus, I want all that you have for me. All that you can do. You're my healer. You're my savior. You're my best friend. You're my shepherd. You're my high priest. All of that. Jesus, when I take communion, just be that for me. And maybe today you need a friend more than you need anything else. I pray that that happens for you. Maybe you just need strength. Maybe you need a king more than anything else. I pray that that happens. Father God, I pray for these leaders that are going to start praying for the students tonight. I pray to God as we take communion that, Lord, these students here tonight get a word from you. And so, Lord, I ask that you would help these leaders just to pray for them. And, God, even if maybe it doesn't sound like what they needed tonight, God, I pray that they'll come to you and just find it anyway. Because, Lord, nobody who comes out of here has to leave the same way. God, you love us and you care about us. And you want us all to be filled with the bread of heaven. In Jesus' name.